the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices? I don't have to show you any stinking vices! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. They are so desirous for Hillary Clinton to be president. And when I say they, I mean those in the biased press. It is She speaks, and it's like Moses has sent down the tablets. But but they're her Moses. Uh, Any 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 Democrat to oppose Trump would be their Moses, and they're obsessing. Hillary speaks at this woman's forum. Uh, I'll I'll get it to here in a minute, folks, and we'll and we'll on the flip around. We'll hear what they're all talking about on the Chris Salcedo Show. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. I don't think I'm alone. I think the rest of the country, too, just doesn't want to hear from Hillary Clinton anymore. I, I, even Democrats don't want to hear from Hillary Clinton anymore. We are the antidote here to the basket of bias press, the Brian Williams press, as it were. Catching up with the show on social media is easy to do. On Facebook, you can catch up with the Chris Salcedo Show. Just type in the Chris Salcedo Show in the search bar and you will find us. On Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S. S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X as in Texas. Uh, go to theblaze.com and that's where you can listen to theblaze.com slash radio. That's for on, uh, actually not on demand, but actually live listening, on demand listening, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Make sure to download the handy dandy smartphone apps for the Blaze Radio and Blaze TV. Uh, Blaze Radio smartphone app on I and the iHeart Radio app available for you. One more destination I have. Again, we make it very easy for you to find content here on the Blaze Radio Network. Just go to theblaze.com and find the channels section. And when you click on channels, make sure you follow all my pals there and uh, your liberty-loving Latino. All right, uh, let's. I'm gonna before they get off this topic, I want to hear what they're saying about Hillary Clinton over at the Clinton News Network, the leader of the basket of bias, CNN. Uh, characteristically Hillary Clinton to me. I wonder if you think so as well, Jeff, that she was talking about seeing this problem of not great cell phone coverage in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. But on that trip, I remember there just was a different feeling from people in the area. And that was something that was missed. There was really, uh, especially in areas where there wasn't something organized and we were traveling through, you just got a sense that there wasn't that support. The other thing was the emails. She mentioned it in the context of Jim Comey. Mm-hmm. There is no Jim Comey 
pertaining to emails without the emails, without her setting up or at thing. least uh, going along with her emails being set up the way they were, the private server, the private email right. address when she was secretary. That's a fair point. I mean, she she's out there. She was asked about, you know, about the she says she would have been if the election had been held on October 27th, she would be president, she says, at this women's <laughs> forum. <laughs> well, but it wasn't. You know, if if frogs had wings, they wouldn't bump their rear end every time they jumped. Right? <laughs> I mean, if, 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 if Hillary Clinton hadn't put the nation's security at risk because she was so secretive and so distrustful and not wanting people to see her shady dealings, uh, she might not have had the entire email scandal. So tons of ifs there. If she had been halfway honest with the American people, if she hadn't, um, there's a, there's a piece out there today. Where is this Washington post? I think it was. Yeah, it was the Washington post. There was some internals done from the Democrat party. They, they asked the number one reason why Trump won. And because hold on a second, who wrote this plum, the plum line. It's an opinion piece by Greg Sargent. Uh, One finding of the poll stands out. A shockingly large percentage of the Obama-Trump voters. Now, these are folks who voted for Trump, but had previously voted for Obama. Why weren't they voting for Hillary? Trump voters said Democrats' economic policies favor the wealthy. That's why they voted for Trump. That's, That's Hillary Clinton's party. Barack Obama's party, the party of the rich. And that's why they went with every man, Donald Trump. Even though he was a rich guy, he spoke to the everyman. Let's go to MSNBS. Honest with you, in the time that I have been at the mm-hmm. White House, certainly with the previous administration, I've never seen anything quite like that. Uh, the, the level of frustration uh, against the Democrats, he didn't use the word liar, but clearly he was saying that they have repeatedly lied about what is in this budget. And then after that, they just left. Sean Spicer didn't brief, so we didn't get anything on the call with Putin. We didn't get anything on where the White House yeah, thinks we are. Budget Director Mike Mulvaney was in the White House today, uh, handled the press briefing. I, I, I knew he was in there. I thought that uh, Sean Spicer was going to continue to take questions, and I, I tuned out after watching a little b- bit of Mulvaney's comments. i got to be honest with you, folks. I, I tuned out Mick Mulvaney. I, um, I'm so done with, with being lied to. Um, I'm so done with being told, that, oh, no, 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 this is a good thing. There's lots of wins in here. For, th- there's, look, there are no wins in there for us. For we conservatives inside of this budget, it's uh it's not uh, uh, they got me doing it now. Dang it, it's not a budget. It's they, they don't budget anymore. They, there's nobody responsible up on Capitol Hill. This is an overspending bill, not a spending bill, an overspending bill. Um, I heard I flipped across the the dial that I heard uh, Mike Pence, the Vice President of the United States, on with uh, on with Rush Limbaugh. And I stayed for a, uh, a couple of minutes uh, to hear basically the vice president putting lipstick on a pig. This is there. There were no wins for conservatives. There was no fiscal restraint. This was a massive win for Democrats. Now, there, there, there was an increase in military spending. But why do I have to why do I have to convince Democrats and why do I have to justify to Democrats protecting the country? And how can they hold the national security interests of the United States hostage so they can continue to overspend and overspend and 
to me, that, that should be something we should all agree on, is military spending. Making sure that our military is the biggest and the baddest and unchallengeable around the globe because I think we do it right. And uh, well, apparently, liberals don't share my assessment. But anyway, this whole idea that, oh, this, there, there, were, there were victories for us, I'm, it doesn't wash. And I'll probably get into this tomorrow we have coming on the program, uh, the chairman of Ways and Means, Kevin Brady. And I, a, a lot of folks have reached out to me via email saying, you, you got to rake him over the coals. You got you to gotta bash him. You got you to gotta tell him about it. Why am I going to do that? He's one guy with one vote. There are, some, there are some basic questions that I have for Kevin Brady about how much is known up on Capitol Hill about what it is they're doing. How much is known? Uh, we did uh, list on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page the consequences of the last, uh, the last three years of spending. Fiscal years 2015, fiscal years 2016 and 2017, now with this $1.1 trillion few months that we're going to be spending. And it, it, it's, a, it's a consistent increase from $3.8 trillion to 3.85 trillion to 4 4.15 trillion. Let me ask you this. How many of you folks are getting raises like that every single year? I'm not. You're not. And why is it that this government gets and, and, and even with that increased money that it's taking from us, they still overspend. Right now there is a record amount of money liberated from the free economy into government where they allege that uh, they're going to spend it better than we can. And I've never bought it. Never bought it. Let's get out to, uh, what is this? Uh, Fox Business. Oh, they're going to a commercial. <laughs> Forget about it. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Joe Wilson, the famous You Lie guy, uh, is on C-SPAN right now talking about, oh, sanctions against North Korea. Eight to three for their recent ballistic missiles and called for the consideration of all available sanctions. Since then, North Korea has continued testing missiles and released yet another propaganda video. This one simulating the destruction of American troops, aircraft and warships, and even the U.S. Capitol building. All right. I, I like this. I, before, I think it was Elliot Engel who was speaking before. Congressman Joe Wilson here decrying the the communist North Koreans and the threats that to the United States they're making with nuclear weaponry. I'm all fine for that. You know what I'm really ticked off about today? I was reading this on ABC earlier. Congress is pulling up the CEO of United Airlines up onto Capitol Hill to grill him, to berate him. And my question is why? Why? Now, I understand that the airlines are heavily regulated. Does that give you an excuse as a lawmaker to pull up a, an individual who runs a private company? And this private company made some pretty bad decisions, and you're going to rake them over the coals to what, for, to what end? To make yourselves look good? That Congress has a, a higher approval rating than United Airlines? That's not hard to do. Um. One more. I, I, it just drives me nuts, folks. That just drives me nuts. I don't, I, I don't want Congress to pull up a, a 
member of the private sector because he's not running his co- his company correctly. I don't let let the free market take care of that. I don't. That's not Congress's business. Now, if he's if he's killing folks because of his negligence, okay, but he's not. They just got raked over the coals for millions of dollars by this guy that they they lugged off the air the airplane because they. They suck. The United, and United Airlines will not reverse their policy of overbooking. So they're going to set themselves up for failure in the future. And I say, let them. If United Airlines wants to shoot itself in the foot and say that, you know, fly somebody else because we suck, let them. It's none of Congress's business. Let's go to Fox. More Republican members saying they are no on this health care bill, including Fred Upton of Michigan, Billy Long of Missouri. The more no's you get, the path to 216 votes to pass it in the House becomes more difficult. Well, the, the repeal that isn't repeal of Obamacare. I'm so done with that, too, folks. Just done with it. Uh, Mike Pence was on with Rush today and basically said what we're seeing is the beginning of the end of Obamacare. That's his way of saying this bill will not fully repeal Obamacare. So my question is, why do it? Why do it? There wasn't a phase in of Obamacare. They imposed it, bam, right on us. Why can't we get rid of it? The same, the same mechanism they imposed on us. Not sure why. It was imposed the reconciliation. Why can it not be repealed the reconciliation? And it, and well, the simple answer, not to get too complex or into the weeds on this, is that once there is a government program, it's incredibly hard to get rid of it. And um, that's why we say it's better not to put the government program into place to begin with. Uh, the Chris Salcedo show axiom goes like this. Best not to give the government more power lest it be abused. Because guess what, folks? It always will be. Oh, little long. I'll be right back. It's the Salcedo show here on The Blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo show. Only on The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. You know, there was a there's a story that we were covering yesterday. It was part of the breaking news element of what was going on yesterday. A live shooter in in Dallas Fort Worth. There was a stabbing guy, uh, a stabber, a mass stabbing going on at U- the University of Texas at Austin, which is the state's capital. What didn't get reported there there are several accounts that the individual who stopped the stabber at the University of Texas, Austin, was a concealed carry holder. A good guy with a gun. Oddly enough, 
the basket of biased press wasn't too eager to report that fact. Wonder why. Wonder why. Uh, okay, let's get to, uh, if you guys are watching Fox News, you now know that what's happening, speaking of Texas, in that state is now making national news. That The state of Texas is about ready to pass a law. And all of you out there who are in, in states that are really accommodating to illegal aliens and illegal alien felons, listen up. Uh, the state of Texas is about ready to pass a law that will punish Democrats, basically. That's who we're talking about. Democrats who run interference for illegal alien felons so they won't be deported by ICE. Here's Doug McElway doing the reporting. Tensions over Texas's SB4, the toughest anti-sanctuary bill in the country, erupted at the governor's office today. Protesters staged a sit-in over the bill that would allow Texas law enforcement to question anyone's immigration status, even during a simple traffic stop. It would also allow any police chief, sheriff, or mayor who failed to follow federal immigration law to be fined and even jailed. It can expose them to very high fines, about $25,000 per day. Uh, it can expose them to jail time for any sheriff or any other official who, who adopts a sanctuary city policy. Yeah, that's uh, that's the best part of the whole law. Is that you find, and you know what this is this this bears pointing out that other states, if this is successful, that other states would would want to follow suit because you would finally be able to bring accountability to your Democrats. Now Republicans don't believe in violating the law. They don't believe in in making life easy on illegal alien felons. There was an arrest today of 175 illegal aliens, criminal illegal aliens, across five states, 97 of them in the great state of Texas. Now, these were little buttercups um, that did just, you know, harmless things. You know, they were just looking for a better life when they were committing sex crimes against children. They were just looking for a better life when they were murdering folks. They're MS-13 gang members, many of them. And you might want to ask yourself, well, wait a minute. If they're MS-13 gang members with, with crimes of murder and uh, sex against children, why were they on the streets? Well, it was because during the era of Obama, Democrats were releasing these, people's left, these people left and right onto the streets. So, so because here it is, folks, libs are so terribly afraid of a slippery slope. If we start deporting illegal alien felons, we might deport the other illegals, too. So they're willing to put illegal alien felons back uh, out there on the street to victimize Americans. And that's why you're hearing them caterwaul so, so loudly to stop bills like what's happening in Texas. Policy. Those provisions could make for reluctant enforcement of laws that are already on the books. Police chiefs in Dallas, Houston, Austin, Arlington, Fort Worth, and San Antonio oppose the bill, writing in a joint op-ed, quote, this will lead to distrust of police and less cooperation from members of the community. If you're what members of the community? Illegal aliens? Uh, see, that, that's the problem I have with these police chiefs. They, they must be accepting that illegal aliens... Uh, are going to be a part of our way of life because the feds have not done their job for the last 40 years. So given that, we're just going to accept it. And uh, it's going to make our life harder, uh, our lives harder if illegal aliens aren't more cooperative. 
the community. If you're faced with answering one question from a law enforcement officer that's going to separate you from your children and your family, then you're either going to run or you're going to fight. And Texas is a good place to get a gun pretty cheap. Supporters suggest that argument is disingenuous, citing Department of Homeland Security crime statistics. Just for Texas since 2011 through January of this year, we've arrested over 212,000 criminal aliens. We've charged them with over 566,000 crimes, including 1,140 43 murders, 6,000 sexual assaults, 67,000 drug offenses, 67,000 burglaries, over 500 kidnappings. Legislators debated the bill all night last week. Emotions overflowed in and outside the chambers, with opponents accusing supporters of backing a racist, quote, show me your papers bill. Can any liberal call up the program right now and tell me what race illegal is? Go ahead. Just any one of you liberals out there opposing the rule of law, tell me what race is affected by the enforcement of the rule of law. It's it's racist to enforce the law. You've got to, these, these I swear these libs are out of their minds, folks. Uh, we'll talk about this coming up next with Ruben Navarrete Jr., nationally syndicated, most widely read, nationally syndicated Latino writer, and we'll ask him what he thinks about Texas's efforts to get right with the law. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, folks, we'll get to our interview at the top of the hour with Ruben Navarrete Jr. I, I spoke to him earlier today, and uh, I, I want you guys to hear the interview in its entirety. And it, we, we, we talked, we debated an awful long time because as you, as well, one of the things that we're going to debate, which you're going to hear, is that Ruben Navarrete Jr. doesn't believe that sanctuary cities exist. He believes it's a fallacy. <laughs> it's like... Man, uh, th- that's weird because the, the, these these sanctuary policies, whether in cities or counties, implemented by Democrats, I mean, they're 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 killing folks. I mean, Kate Steinley, County of San Francisco, had had uh, the illegal alien felon, multiple time deportee in custody. Feds said, "Hey, hold him for us." They didn't let him out, and he went out and killed killed a girl, an American citizen. So that that's it's one thing not to have your local cops getting involved in policing illegal aliens. It's quite another thing when your cops and your city take an active role in protecting illegal aliens from deportation. That's a problem. Uh, because that's against the law. And you many of you in in other states, actually all 50 states, there is no law that's on the books right now that that articulates punishment for those elected leaders who do violate the law. And now there will be, at least in one state in Texas. Uh, 888-900-3393, uh, Let's get out to White Plains, New York. Richard, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Chris, how are you? Long time. How you been, man? What's going on? Okay. Um... You know, Chris, I don't want to rub you the wrong way, but let, let me. 
the, the Republicans control the House of Representatives, the Senate, and the presidency. And so, you know, with the Democrats having absolutely no power, it, it just doesn't serve anybody to keep ripping on liberals, okay? It's time to hold the Republicans accountable, okay, for their promises so we don't start heading down the same road we did uh, during the Bush years. And, you know, I'm not even going to go into some of the really stupid things Trump said in his interviews yesterday. I'll, I'll go into the nuts and bolts, uh, you know, some some facts about the budget, okay? It's not a budget. Could, uh, uh, the CR. Okay? Yeah, the, the omnibus, the, the overspending the, the, uh, bill, the yeah, overspending the, the, bill. The continuing nightmare. We haven't had a exactly, budget in three exactly. years. You're right. First off, before, before you go on, let, let, let me, let, let, let's make things a couple of, uh, uh, very clear. First off, I've got planned in the show. I'm going to, I'm going to play some of the nonsensical things that the president had to say <laughs> yesterday and rip him a new one. So don't, don't worry, uh, okay. because, because I, uh, I, I'm just, because, and what really ticks me off is that he gives so much ammunition to his detractors when he says crazy stuff like this. So I, no. I will detail those things coming up. Now, about the budget. There's one thing that I want, this is where I want you to start because you, you introduced some, some, uh, facts that are mostly true but you left out one critical fact about the non-filibuster proof senate and there is no appetite in the senate right now and i kind of see the wisdom in not having this that on judges there's no such thing as filibustering but on everything else there is so right now when it comes to legislation or budgeting the democrats do have power in the senate so go from well, there i i I thought that there was a tool called reconciliation that when anything was related to a budget, that they'd only needed a 51-vote um, majority. They now, could only use that once per fiscal year, and that's going to be saved for when they, when they do this, this Obamacare repeal that's not really repeal. Well, you, you know what, Chris? There, there isn't anything too much bigger than... All right, you're... You're saying they can't. I'm saying they can. I'm saying they can use reconciliation on the on a budget. I I say they could, and they could, like for instance, you know what's funded? No, they can't. Here's, if that's the only thing they're going to be doing that year, but they're going to be doing Obamacare. That's a, you know, if Obamacare wasn't there, then yeah, I I would I would agree with you. And you know what? That might be the agenda that's going forward. Why why they're promising? And I don't believe them for a second, Richard. Like I tell you, I don't believe them for a minute. That they're going to, oh, they're really going to fight when it comes to 2017, 2018 fiscal, fiscal spending. I, 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 I'll believe it when I see it. But at this point, I've been lied to and uh, by so much by by the Republican Party and and never told the truth by Democrats. I'm a little, I'm a little jaded. I don't mind telling you. Well, it, it, they don't even even if they do filibuster. Okay, the the probably the next biggest hoax um, to climate change is the repercussions of a government shutdown, okay? Um, it, you know, if you look it up, even USA Today, which is no conservative publication, uh, ran an article that said, what will be funded? Um, you know, I mean, 90-something percent uh, uh, of, of your federal uh, services will remain in place. And, Chris, remember the last time the government shut down? It was um, the... Uh, Oh, I forget the name of it. 
Well, look, look, you know what? Trump's out there today tweeting that we need a government shutdown, and he's looking ahead to uh, the seventeen eighteen battle in well, September. Well, he could have done it. Well, you know what? A lot of people are asking that question. Why not now? I mean, the Democrats aren't going to get any more reasonable in a few months. <laughs> I mean, they're going to. As a matter of fact, there's 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 sufficient enough uh, justification, Rich, to say that the Democrats, as they get closer to an election, are going to get more unreasonable and more uh, wanting to to stifle any governance of this country to prove that, that Donald Trump is a buffoon and can't govern. So, I mean, they're going to be even more intransigent come September, October, yes? Um, well, I, I just, I, I, I guess so, Chris. I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know... No, I'm actually I, agreeing I with you. I'm actually agreeing with you. Why not now? I don't understand how this budget funds refugee settlement, uh, sanctuary cities, Planned Parenthood, increased spending of the arts. I mean, you know, he 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 funded everything, and now he's saying we should have a government shutdown, and he could put an end to the myth that a government shutdown is the end of the world, but he doesn't. I mean, I can't, you know, Chris. I just I don't know what to think. Yeah, well, I I know what to think. Uh, The Democrats when. You know, and I heard, who was it? It was, uh, what's this guy's name? Charlie, Charles Lane. Charles Lane from the Washington Post. He was on Fox News basically saying yesterday that this budget is the last of the, a lot of this stuff's already been negotiated. It was negotiated back when Obama was in office. Um, I, I, yeah, I heard and, that. And, I saw the interview, Chris, and then yeah. and then they they went on to say, well, they're going to address it in the next budget cycle. And then somebody else on the panel said, yes, we've heard that before. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, and, and and that's where I am. It's like how many times have we been told by the Republican Party? And you know, when we talk to the the chairman of Ways and Means tomorrow, one of the questions I will ask him is this: How many people do you think, Congressman, are aware? of the perils they're putting in the country the country in by their by their cancerous overspending how how many give me a percentage and I'm including the democrats are aware of the the peril they're placing the country in so and so and then once you give me that then tell me what percentage of the 535 individuals on capitol hill actually give a damn about putting the country in such in such terrible fiscal straits you know like you got maxine waters out there uh, and, and others of her caliber who are dumber than a sack of rocks who probably don't, don't even care about driving this country fiscally into the dirt. Uh, I, and I don't know how many of Congress are of her caliber and her understanding of economics. That, you know, I mean, her, the equivalent is John McCain. I mean, John McCain is just as ignorant of economics as Maxine Waters is. So, again, I, I don't have high hope here. <laughs> Let's, let me just yeah. say that. And you probably, heard it in, in, you, you probably heard it in my voice when we got on the air. It's like, you know, the, the Obamacare thing, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, the, the, this whole budget is dispiriting and disquieting and all of this. Uh, and, and then you've got, you've got Donald Trump who, who is being alleged. Where is this? Hold on a second. Let me just play this for you as soon as I can find it. Where would it go? Uh, this was this was Meet the Press. Uh, Vice President Pence was talking to Meet the Press over the weekend, and the accusation by Chuck Todd is that Trump isn't changing Washington. Washington is changing Trump. Listen to this. But America's back under President Donald Trump. But in many ways, he's found himself, it's almost like Washington has either moved him 
or has defeated him so far? Would you accept that? I mean, you look at his positions on NATO or even, even the pullback on NAFTA a little bit, what he has said about China. It's all fallen into the Washington conventional wisdom. Oh, well, you know, all of his examples are insane. You can point to the budget. You can point to uh, the lack of, of uh, preparation on Obamacare, Rich. I just I think that maybe maybe there's a case that's building that Washington has beaten Donald Trump. Um, I well, you know, I here's here's the my view going into the election. We had eight years of a left wing ideologue driving the country. Okay, there's no doubt about it. And he, and even though the Democrats have lost elections because of it, their policies are still here. And my. Uh, perspective was that we needed a right-wing ideologue in order to counter, okay, all the ill effects of the Obama administration, and I just don't think we got that. Donald Trump is not a, uh, a right-wing ideologue. He's not, you know, he's, I, I don't know what he is, okay, but, but he's not somebody who has a, uh, uh, how would you say it? He's not a principled conservative, basically. No, 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 he's not. And I I don't know that ideologues, an ideologue was necessarily what we needed. We needed needed a constitutionalist. We needed somebody who made the government do what the government's supposed to, yeah, yeah, made the government do what it was supposed to do. But right now, uh, K Street, the, the special interests, whether they be illegal aliens or whether they be uh, liberal extremists and moneyed interests are getting their way up on Capitol Hill well, to the detriment Chris, to the detriment of the majority of the country. Chris Rand Paul, he already has pointed out two billion dollars in waste, fraud, fraud and abuse. We're not addressing that. We're not addressing anything in entitlement. No entitlement reform whatsoever. And just to kick us in the pants, uh, Trump has this great idea of adding a a tax, you know, a gas tax okay yeah. these, these these are not the principles okay of a of a conservative talk about a non-starter thanks rich appreciate the call man all right uh more coming up on the chris salcedo show folks triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three be right back on the blaze conservative talk radio with spice the chris salcedo show only on the blaze radio network You're listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't really share your perspective on that. With all due respect, Chuck. Oh, nope. I, mean, I mean, on the international scene, here's a president uh, who said that NATO had to change, that our NATO allies had to begin to step up to begin to share the burden of the cost of our common defense, and they are. You know, I think that was uh, Vice President Pence on on Meet the Press. There, I think there's pretty wide consensus and and among some quarters amazement on how Donald Trump is doing on the international front it's domestic politics where he's he's losing some support what was I reading that today hold on a minute I there was a group out there um, immigration group 
endorsement Trump. Where was I reading this? I uh, Pro-Trump PAC rescinds endorsement, according to the Washington Times. It was the Washington Times. Uh, where is it? Uh, political Action Committee that enthusiastically endorsed the candidate Donald Trump in the election revoked its backing on Tuesday today, saying he caved on the most big promises he made on immigration. Americans for Legal Immigration PAC said Mr. Trump has yet to cancel President Obama's 2012 deportation amnesty for dreamers, has set the level of refugees too high, and has sent signals through staff that he may eventually be open to legalizing most illegal immigrants. Uh, Well, on that front, legalization with no citizenship, I'm okay with once, once we get the border secure. Once illegal immigration has been brought to an end. But until then, no. We're just going to basically pave the way for anybody who can get here throughout the globe to become citizens of the United States and plug into the entitlement state, which is getting bigger. And that's my, that's an, on the domestic front, all the stuff that this overspending bill, and that's what it is. It's an overspending bill. It's money we don't have. From now on, I want you all to adopt this language when you're talking about this with your friends or if I, maybe you have uh, influence with some members of the media. It is not a budget. It is a continuing resolution slash omnibus overspending bill. Not a spending bill, but an overspending bill. They are spending money we don't have in the United States of America that we did not give them. And that's how we got to look at it. But on on this front, where Mr. Trump has been at it now, two months, a little over two months, uh, there doesn't seem to be sufficient enough speed toward getting things of substance done. As a matter of fact, this the, the first couple of months of this administration have been marred by Republicans shooting at themselves. Not a lot of confidence building there, is there? Back in a minute. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. I don't have to show you on a stinking vicious. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay, folks, here it is. The debate between me and Ruben Navarrete Jr., the first voice you're going to hear. We, we did this a little earlier in the day. Uh, the first voice you're going to hear is a lawmaker by the name of Rafael Anchia. He is a leftist who is elected in, uh, in Texas in the city of Dallas, in one of the districts out there in Dallas. And he doesn't like the fact that Texas is now going to start punishing Democrats when Democrats pass sanctuary city policies, sanctuary cities are founded in the state of Texas. They, they won't fly. So he's very upset. And look, listen to who he pretends to care about. I saw mothers trembling. If you have succeeded in anything, 
Members, you've succeeded in terrifying an entire community. <laughs> That's Rafael and Chia, everybody. Terrifying an entire community of illegal aliens. Now, Rafael and Chia is very concerned about the illegal aliens and them being terrified. Uh, I'm more concerned about the American citizenry and and legal immigrants to this country and the safety thereof. Uh, again, I, I've, let me get these numbers out to you once again, folks. I think I, I misstated them. Uh, a raid by ICE across five states, 175 uh, MS-13 gang members, sex crimes, murderers rounded up. 97 were here in Texas, mostly in the Houston area. 97. So let's talk about this uh, this element of the discussion along with the backdrop of the Sanctuary Cities Bill, anti-Sanctuary Cities Bill, that is, praise God, pr uh, primed to become law after this Wednesday with Ruben Navarrete Jr., the most read Latino nationally syndicated columnist, contributor over there at foxnews.com. He provides analysis and commentary on issues just like this. You can catch his writings sometimes in the Democrat Morning News, sometimes in the Houston Chronicle. Hey, Ruben, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Chris, good to be back with you, my friend. And, uh, you know, you were taking a shot earlier at my other friend, Rafael Anchia. Dude. Uh, but here's the thing. You need to do your homework, homework on this, Chris. In oh. fact, you have in, in Texas and in California and across the Southwest families that have mixed, they're called mixed families. So in one family, you have people who are undocumented, some who are illegal immigrants, some who are U.S. Yeah. citizens, yeah. all together. So, so well, how'd that happen? Rafael said... Well, hold on. Don't, don't, get, don't get distracted. Stay focused. Stay with me. So, <laughs> well, how'd that happen? <laughs> I know all you radio guys have ADD, but stay with me. Stay with me. So yeah. here, here you have mixed families. Yeah. And so because of that, when Rafael says there's fear in the community, he does not just mean, does not just mean that illegal immigrants are the only ones who are upset at this yeah. crusade after the unicorn of the immigration debate, as I call it, sanctuary city, something that doesn't really exist. Right. Well, that, see, that's that's an unfortunate consequence. And I, and I will take your point. There are there are folks here who have uh, who are illegal, who have citizen children. And uh, that is a result of of a country that doesn't take its immigration laws seriously and has allowed this debacle to mushroom into this. And, and nothing, nothing ever good. Well, uh, hold on. Hold on. I, I know. I know you, you guys who write columns have ADD sometimes. So I want you to just, just let, let me <laughs> let, let me let me make my point. That nothing good, nothing good ever comes of allowing, of violating laws, which is what uh, our political opposition has advocated low these many 20, 30, 40 years in this country. So let's deal with it. Let's deal with it. I agree with that, but let me put an amendment on that, because obviously, you know, from my background, that when you say things like it's important to follow the law, that's music to my ears, because long before the immigration restrictions got to this party, I was a son of a cop. My dad was a cop for 37 years. So I'm all about law and order. I get it. There's no problem there. So, but, but you said something earlier, and that's the idea of, of um, it, nothing good comes of ignoring the law. I would say I agree. I also have an amendment to that. Nothing good comes of parents raising now in two generations, young people, kids who will not do these jobs, who will not even have a summer job, an after-school job, who have no work ethic, who think of themselves as entitled, and therefore have created a market for these illegal immigrants to do these jobs that were previously done by American young people in particular. So nothing comes from bad parenting. Well, you know what? I think I think that has a lot to do with uh, the liberals' domination of the education system. But we'll get to that discussion to a different day. Let's let's concentrate on the Texas anti-sanctuary cities law. Well, we which should be, we should be clear about the fact that Texas didn't just wake up one morning. It was sipping iced tea in the backyard, Texas, and all of a sudden it was invaded by illegal immigrants. These people were invited in to do jobs by Texans, hired by Texans. 
and they're doing the chores of other Texans. Yeah, it's getting a little old. Um, it's getting a little old, and I think the American people, as by virtue of the fact that we have President Donald Trump, a lot of folks are putting their foot down saying this status quo is no longer acceptable. So, to the law, the uh, the Texas yeah, Anti-Sanctuary sure. Cities Law, which will, among other things, as reported by Fox News ably, will allow police officers to inquire about somebody's legal status if they have a suspicion, but it will also bring much-needed accountability to those in, in law enforcement who have set themselves up, who some of them are elected officials, who have set themselves up to be the protectors of illegal alien felons by letting them back out on the streets. Uh, what is your take on, on uh, Texas saying, no more, you're not going to be allowed to do that without consequence? So I think the Texas law is both illogical but also helpful. It's illogical because it's sort of like a, a law in California that outlaws man-made climate change without first establishing that man-made climate change does in fact exist. So you're sort of caught arguing about the law when you should be arguing about what the law intends to outlaw. And it doesn't really exist. And as I've said before, sanctuary cities don't exist because there's no city in Texas, Dallas, Houston, or anywhere in America where you can go as an undocumented immigrant and hide from ICE where they will not find you, arrest you, and apprehend you. And all through Barack Obama's eight years, Democrats, like my friend Rafael Anchia, were silent. We're largely silent. When a Democrat president deported three million people, many of them from sanctuary cities. So as I say, sanctuary is, in fact, Chris, a Latin word. It means get on the bus. Your bus is waiting. Your bus being deported back to Mexico. That's what sanctuary means. It's just a show. It's a liberal show. It's a liberal concoction. It's, it's made of cotton candy. It has no legal merit whatsoever. ICE doesn't care. The federal government will go and get you. Ruben Navarrete, Jr., a most read Latino nationally syndicated columnist uh, in our fair land. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to talk about the, the sanctuary cities. Now, we're going to agree to disagree. Uh, whether you call it a sanctuary city, Ruben, or whether they implement policies of thwarting enforcement of federal immigration, which is going on in liberal cities all over this country. Let's deal with this initiative. You said that it was good and it was bad. Tell us, tell us what's, what's good about this, this Texas Sanctuary Cities bill. And we'll get the answer to that question on the other side of the break here on the Blaze Radio Network, folks. Be right back. The media wasn't ready for a conservative Latino. So naturally, we gave him a show. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show, Conservative Talk Radio, with Spice. All right, folks, the, uh, continue this interview with Ruben Navarrete Jr. And the question was, well, he, he didn't like the Texas Sanctuary Cities bill on one hand, but on the other hand, he thinks it's going to be useful, and he was about ready to answer the question. How is it useful? Right, Chris, so here's what's good about it. And first, you mentioned before about this judge in California, just to kind of tie up that story. My, my problem is that we have we've confused the language. You have a state judge. Let's just use Texas as an example. If you have a state judge who sits in and they're a state employee, okay, well, they're doing one thing. And then you have a county sheriff down at the jail who's a county employee with a county building. And then you have the, the city uh, police chief in Dallas who's a city employee. And to say they're all under sanctuary cities, 
that somehow a policy of sanctuary cities influences what a state judge does. It doesn't make sense. They wouldn't adhere to that. There's no power to these declarations. They're symbolic. You might as well just no, it's, declare it's, it's, the it's blue the unifying... bonnet the flower of Texas. I, oh, I don't want I don't want you to mis- misunderstand. It's the unifying principle of the American left. Those who are in charge of left wing cities, they're the anti yeah, rule of left. Overbroad. I, that's, I think it's overbroad. I don't think that a I don't think that a judge in Texas who sits in Dallas is in is in league necessarily with whatever the rhythm of Dallas it's is. Not, no, it, it's, it's a it's a common it's a common ideology. It's it's why you have right now this schism inside of the Democrat Party slash the liberal side of this country who thinks it's okay to throw Molotov cocktails and Got and it. and riot. And and stop free speech on college campuses. And you got guys like Bill Maher and even Elizabeth Warren who are on the other side saying, no, free speech is free speech. There's that. According your, back, back to this topic, according to your analogy, then, if you're a federal judge who sits in Dallas as a federal judge, do you likewise because you drink the water in Dallas, you're likewise incorporated into whatever the local city police say about immigration? No, not an, again. The unifying principle isn't your location. The unifying principle is your liberalism and the liberalism and the the yeah, left that's right. wing. That's right. I disagree. I think they're all separate huh? planets. They just happen to. I mean, they're different jurisdictions. Oh. Okay. But well, to your point, I, I, what I see I like it. About I the see law, it as the unifying principle. So let's talk. Let's deal with this initiative in Texas. You say yeah. that there is a good component to it. Absolutely, it clarifies uh, something that I think people have been in denial about before the Texas law came about. There were people who said that any, and I know because I've been writing about this particular issue of the relationship between local law enforcement and federal immigration officials for 25 years, for 20 years, um, for 20 years, uh, they've always said back to me pretty much, they think anybody with a badge should enforce any law, period. They think that the local police should cooperate with FBI, FBI with local police, ICE with with local cops, and everybody should be able to do everybody's job. And my retort has always been, Sure, that's why we see FBI agents writing speeding tickets, right? So you want local Dallas cops to enforce federal immigration law, something they don't want to do, something the police chief doesn't want to do, and I don't want them to do for these various reasons, but you want them to enforce immigration law. And thankfully, the Texas law comes along and says, okay, great. There had not been a law that these people were violating when they simply said, I'm not going to cooperate with federal authorities. So we're going to create a state law. So now, now there's this positions of you have the local law enforcement now threatening to defy a state law uh, for the good of their local community. That is just, I mean, constitutionally delicious uh, and, and interesting to watch. But beyond that, it says to the other 49 states, if you don't have a Texas-type law in place, and you're welcome to pass one, but if you don't have one, your local cops are under no obligation to cooperate with those federal authorities. You get me, they say? Because that's the whole thing. If there wasn't a problem, a hole, Texas would not have had to plug it. Texas well, plugged I think, the hole. Yeah, I think what what didn't. so what this what this law at. is what this law is doing is it's one thing not to dedicate local resources to doing the federal government's job, which I think there is a, a a very financial case to be made and also a jurisdictional case to be made, and I think you made it aptly. What it does say, that it, you, when you step over the bounds and you start running interference for illegal alien felons, like many of these municipalities are doing, yeah. like Sanctuary that, City Sally is doing, in tra- that, that steps over the line. That's a different thing. That, that's a different thing. But let's be, that, I agree with you. That's a different thing. I don't think that happens as often as people might say, but even so, it's a different thing. 
what, what people are complaining about and have for 20 years is they really do think that there is an obligation, somehow a legal obligation, for a local Dallas cop to carry water for a federal immigration agent. That is not the case. That, that cop works for the city. He don't work for the federal government. Well, no, and I, and I concede that, and I think that, that, that this bill recognizes where this trend is going, and it's a disturbing trend, Ruben, and, I, and like I said, you've, you've been following this issue so closely, this idea of, and especially in the era of Trump, it may be a, relative, a relatively new phenomenon that you're seeing spring up, but my contention is a lot of law enforcement officials will know and understand this, and a lot of leaders, especially here in the state of Texas, will know and understand that it goes a step beyond when you act actually run interference for illegal alien felons how else do you get murderers and sex criminals out on the streets from ms-13 that just got if i can be allowed to finish the question who are out on the streets right now being rounded up 175 of them across five states it's because liberal leftists allow them to get back on the streets again for fear of this slippery slope or they may come after the rest of the illegals so we're going to let the murderers and the child predators back on the streets that's why they're out there there's a world difference between ms-13 gang members as uh president obama used to call again shame on him these gang bangers uh president trump was not the first president to demonize and demagogue uh immigrants in fact it was president obama when Obama called them gangbangers, there's a world difference between them and the people who right now today are cleaning people's homes, taking care of their kids in Preston Hollow in Dallas and all over the Metroplex where I lived for five years. If immigrants are so dangerous, I got a really great solution. Save yourself. The time has come to save yourself. Fire your, ma- your maid, fire your housekeeper, fire your gardener, do your own freaking chores. Okay. Well, who's talking, who's talking about immigrants? Nobody's talking about they're immigrants. A, I'm talking about illegal safety. aliens. They're, they're obviously a public safety threat. Get them out of your house. It doesn't make any sense to hand them your kid to race. Well, who's talking about immigrants? You're you're talking about immigrants. I'm talking about illegal alien felons. Yes, I'm glad you said that because in the federal government, they are mixing the two together. Here's one way that they have mixed together. If your maid or your housekeeper was deported and she's never committed a, quote, crime because coming to the, the, the country illegally is not a crime, it's a civil infraction, not a criminal infraction, right? So she came in and then she was deported. And then she came back, and now she's her housekeeper. She's a criminal. Jeff Sessions can deport her under the criminal statute because she's a criminal because when she right. re-entered, that was a felony. A felony, exactly. We have, we have muddied the waters, Chris, on what is a criminal, what's dangerous. We have this image that Obama and others have put in our head of gangbangers, murderous thugs, assault people. No, according to the law, Maria, the housekeeper who's so nice and does all your chores for you and takes care of your kids, she's a criminal and she's good to go. Her bus is waiting. Well, hundred uh, like I said, we just we know where these folks are uh, in the federal government. One hundred and seventy five of them were just rounded up by by the feds, and these guys weren't out there taking care of people's kids. Don't lose, were, don't lose sight of my point. There is a confused application of the word criminal. Not, I have spoken. I'm to- not confused. I'm not confused at all about who we're targeting here, and I think that this idea of allowing those well, the, who, the are ba- who are who are targeting. The federal government's not just targeting MS-13. Those are, that's, just, that's just for show at, well, the, at the press let's, conference. Let's, let's you and I agree here because I've got to wrap up. i got to wrap up before the top yeah. of the hour. Let's you and I agree that illegal alien felons have no right to be or any business being in the United States of America. Can that's you and easy. I agree with that? I agree. Com- completely agree. It's easy. Now, right. I'd like for you to agree that, that the real danger aren't these gardeners and housekeepers, and we have to differentiate between the two. How about that? 
Uh, yeah, I can. I, I, for right now, for law enforcement purposes, I think that we need to get the, the bad guys first. Ruben Navarrete Jr., everybody. He is the most read Latino nationally syndicated columnist in these United States. Ruben, always appreciate the visit. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, let's get out of the phones. Joe in Georgia, thank you for calling. 888-900-3393. Appreciate your patience. What say you, sir? Hey, Chris. I wanted to bring up a point. I had just seen a note from a buddy of mine on Facebook the other day. He's a police detective, and he went to a big detective conference here last week. And at the end of the conference, they only have the conference once every three years. At the end of the conference, they listen to pitches from three different cities, Milwaukee, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, I should say, and Kansas City. And those three cities were pitching to see where the conference would be held in three years. And so my friend says, uh, after the presentations are all done, he says, are any of these three cities sanctuary cities? And it was determined by the crowd that uh, both Milwaukee and uh, Minneapolis were. Kansas City was not. The vote turned out to be zero to six to 300 in favor of Kansas City. And so I would encourage people to do the same thing if they're either in this sort of situation or on the board of uh, groups where there are going to be big meetings. Yeah, I, th- I think that these left-wing cities who, uh, as the Democrats have chosen to do, put foreigners first, who uh, are the a- basically run their cities as, as if they're the anti-rule of law mm-hmm. party, uh, that they ought to be, uh, they, they ought, just like, you know, a lot of liberals want to boycott cities or states that sure. put in uh, protections for those who want, who think it's appropriate for men to use men's room and women's to use women's room. Uh, well, there, there, there could be a backlash, too, for cities that stand up for illegal alien felons. That uh, right. if you're a sanctuary city, uh, then perhaps people ought to vote with their, with their dollars and their business and not go there, too. I, Joe, I think it's yeah, a fantastic these, suggestion, man. I appreciate it. If lose 50 or 60 conferences a, a year, they're going to think twice. I like the suggestion. As a matter of fact, we highly encourage folks to make the same determination as the the so-called bathroom bill determinations were made. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate the call. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. More of your comments, and we'll take Trump to task for some things he said yesterday. Coming up. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. Just uh, Ellie, what was it about that? Forty-five minutes ago, hour ago, we were talking about how uh, that that soundbite from the weekend, meet meet the press, over on the Brian Williams Network, that Chuck Todd was laying the predicate that Donald Trump was being defeated by Washington. That and, and Trump has aided this was some of the things he said about you know him thinking this job was harder than he imagined it would be. Which, you know, and we defended the president by basically saying nobody knows until you walk in that door how tough this job can be. 
president of the United States. You don't realize the weight until you're actually bearing it. There is no experience in life that can prepare you for the presidency of the United States. But it's all feeding into this. And here, let me play that, uh, the first part of that soundbite for you again. Here's Chuck Todd's premise. But America's back under President Donald Trump. But in many ways, he's found himself, it's almost like Washington has either moved him or has defeated him. So- Washington has defeated him. A poll just being talked about. We did the poll here. Oh, it's Gallup. Uh, MSNBS talks about it on the weekend. Gallup issues a uh, a poll. TheHill.com is writing this. A majority of Americans say President Trump has not made progress on his pledge to change Washington, according to a new poll. 54% of U.S. adults say that Trump has not had success on that goal, while 40% say that Trump has made headway on the campaign trail promise, according to the Gallup survey released Tuesday. Well, I, well, I, I mean, I don't think it's possible to change Washington. Uh, the only way to change Washington is to change the people you send to Washington. That's the only way. And then, and then you have to make sure the people you change that you send to Washington are actually uh, have you, the people who send them there, as their primary concern. Right now, that that can't be said of a vast majority of the 535 individuals who sit on Capitol Hill. They have other interests to placate, whether they be illegal aliens, whether they be their, their, uh, their puppet masters in their political party, or the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, moneyed interests. You are kind of a low man on the totem, totem pole, as it were. So... Uh, Look, the, the only way that you're, th- these career politicians like McCain and guys who have been there 30 years, I mean, that, that's an insult. It's a, that, that's an insult to the American system of government. Guys who have made a career out of, out of siphoning off taxpayer money to the tune of uh, $174,000 a year. Plus, when you have a guy who's dirt poor like Harry Reid enter, enter into office, Again, dirt poor, and he retires a multimillionaire. Something's wrong. He didn't, he's, not, he's not there to do the, the, the bidding of, of the American people. He's there to do somebody else's bidding. And they're paying very well for it. 888 Donald Trump sits down with CBS and says the following. What do you make of the North Korean leader? People are saying, is he sane? I have no idea. I can tell you this, and a lot of people don't like when I say it, but he was a young man of 26 or 27 when he took over from his father, when his father died. And at a very young age, he was able to assume power. A lot of people, I'm sure, tried to take that power away. Assume power? He was gifted power. He didn't earn anything. This guy was born with a silver spoon in his mouth among apparently cakes and cookies and all kinds of sugary substances that has allowed him to balloon up to his size. Kim Jong-un is the definition of a despot, a dictator who cares nothing for human life, only his own. And it is unseemly, untoward, not good 
for the leader of the free world to speak in him in terms other than I just did. Oh, you assume power and people try to take it away. So the hell what? So what? What? He's, he's virtuous because he was a more skilled killer? And he was able to defeat his uncles? Hell, if one of his uncles had succeeded, perhaps, maybe, the world would have been better off. This kid's been handed everything his entire life. Is that, is that the work ethic you covet, President Trump? I think not. He's not a success. First off, Kim Jong-un is not a success, but he's not a success by any virtue of anything that he has done. And, and it, is, it is not right for an American president to speak in such glowing terms of a despot, of a murderous thug. Whether it was his uncle or anybody else, and he was able to do it. So obviously he's a pretty smart cookie. No. It, 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 it takes very little brains to be a dictator. Very little brains. You've got the, the military at your beck and call. You've, you have a disarmed population. You know, the, the real trick is to survive in a democracy. But when you're a dictator, hey, it's good to be king, huh? Kim Jong-un never goes to bed hungry, obviously. His people certainly do. There's nothing virtuous or meritorious about, about Kim Jong-un, Mr. President, with all due respect. Nothing at all. And when you speak on behalf of the United States, as you do, every citizen of the United States, as our leader, when you utter these things, makes people like me scratch their head. What now? No, 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 no. We do not speak glowingly of despots and dictators in this country, especially those who have nuclear weapons pointed at the United States. Kim is accused of widespread human rights abuses, yet President Trump told Bloomberg News that he'd be honored to meet him. Why See, now I understand Trump's not polished, he's not a politician. Honored, it was the wrong word. Now granted, he's the president, he said it, he's a grown man, he said it, it was the wrong word, I think he knows it. And I think I understand that the sentiment he was trying to convey, if I was to ever meet with him, it would mean that we were successful, that nuclear, a nuclear armed North Korea was no longer there. So uh, it would be a good meeting at that point. Honored. But see, when Trump speaks like this, as imprecisely as he does, he leaves the door open for, C for those like CBS News to pounce. They're, they're operatives of the Democrat Party at CBS News. We all know this. And just like any Democrat, CBS News will pounce. And they did. And what I'm saying is, Mr. President, stop giving them the opportunity to do that. Oh, but no, CBS wasn't done. Had to get Russia mentioned in here. White House officials later stipulated that North Korea would first need to abandon its nuclear weapons. 
It is unusual for an American president to publicly empathize with authoritarian leaders. Mr. Trump has made a point of praising leaders with an iron grip on power while avoiding condemnation of their abuses. This was candidate Trump on Russian President Vladimir Putin. If he says great things about me, I'm going to say great things about him. I've already said he is really very much of a leader. See, and and then, then that gives CBS an excuse to run the Russia connection once again, Mr. President. See how that works? Stop praising dictators. Stop it. They are not deserving of the president's praise. They are not worthy of the president's praise. They are deserving of universal condemnation for their activities, their inhuman activities. You don't you don't have to go at them rhetorically to destroy. I think Trump thinks that, you know, if I if I talk badly about these guys, then I'm going to undermine the ability to have peaceful have peaceful resolution with the issues we have with whether it be Putin, whether it be Kim Jong Un, whether it be President Xi. No. You operate from a position of strength as president. And you know this all too well, President Trump. Start realizing it. And then we talked to you guys about this yesterday. President Trump abruptly ending his interview with CBS after he was pressed by John Dickerson about um, about his comments toward Obama. Did President Obama give you any advice that was helpful? That you think, wow, he well, really Well, he was very nice to me, but after that, we've had some difficulties. Uh, so it doesn't matter. You know, words are less important to me than deeds. And you, you saw what happened with surveillance, and everybody saw what happened with surveillance. Difficulties how? I thought that, well, you saw what happened with surveillance, and I think that was inappropriate. What does that mean, sir? Uh, you can figure that out yourself. Well, I, the reason I asked is you said he, you called him sick and bad. Look, you can figure it out yourself. First off, he didn't say Obama was sick. He said the activity of being surveilled was kind of sick. That a sitting occupier of the Oval Office would order surveillance on his political opposition. That activity is sick. It is sick. And it's un-American. He was very nice to me with words, but and when I was with him, but after that there has been no relationship. But you stand by that claim about him? I don't stand by anything. I just, uh, you can take it the way you want. Oh, geez, see? I don't stand by anything. That's a campaign commercial. I don't stand by anything. What do you mean you don't stand by anything? There's a lot of things you should stand by. It's frustrating on this end because looking at the treatment that it gets in the basket of bias press and a lot, a lot of folks who voted for Mr. Trump can connect with him and can understand. And I kind of know, and I know what he was saying in the context of this conversation. I don't stand for anything, but guess what, sir? These people are unforgiving. These people at CBS hate you. The Democrat party hates you and they want to see you fail. You've got to stop giving them opportunities. Stop. Wrap up the show coming up next. It's the Salcedo Show. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network.
Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. I think our side's been proven very strongly and everybody's talking about it. And frankly, it should be discussed. I think that is a very big surveillance of our citizens. I think that's a very big topic and it's a topic that should be number one and we should find out what the hell is going on. I just wanted to find out though, you're, you're the president of the United States. You said he was sick and bad because he had tapped you. You can just... take any way, you can take it any way you want. But I'm asking you because you don't want it you to be fake news. I want to hear it from President Trump. Me. You don't have to ask me. Why not? Because I have my own opinions, you can have your own opinions. But I want to know your opinions. You're the president of the United okay. States. It's enough. Thank you. Thank you very much. And he was done. So, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're going to put out a tweet, back it up. I think Obama, resident Obama's sick and bad. <laughs> yeah, he's sick and bad. I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's sick and bad for my uh, team to have been surveilled by uh, a man who violated the Constitution and didn't obey the Constitution's limits on his own power. Uh, Dickerson and uh, Scott Pelley got into a conversation afterward about what his interview with Trump revealed about the president. What did you learn about the president in that meeting? Well, we learned that he still thinks that President Obama is to blame for surveillance of his campaign. Even Surveillance. Now, is, is CBS News alleging that there was no surveillance of the Trump campaign? Is that what they're alleging? Because the facts that have been introduced so far say otherwise. There was surveillance. Now, there was no quote-unquote wiretapping. But there was surveillance. Does CBS News not know the difference between... That, that there was surveillance done? Do they not acknowledge that? No, the FBI director and others have said there was no support for President Trump's previous claim that, that the Obama administration had wiretapped Trump Tower. Oh, wait a minute. So John Dickerson does know. So what he tried to convince the CBS audience was, well, FBI director James Comey said there was no wiretapping. James Comey did not testify there were, that there was no surveillance. As a matter of fact, he can't say credibly that there was no surveillance of the Trump campaign because there was. Uh, we also learned to identify when the president has had enough. Uh, but after <laughs> you mean when he said enough and walked away, that was your big clue. Captain obvious. Ah, <laughs> uh, these people are priceless. And, and so the broader discussion here, Mr. President is don't give these, these Democrats at CBS in opportunity again. They are biased. They're liberal Democrats. And they, they desperately want the country and you to fail. Uh, they supported Barack Obama and all of his undermining of U.S. prosperity and undermining of uh, our defense capabilities for the last eight years. They enthusiastically didn't report any of this garbage that he was doing. And now that Trump has pledged to reverse that trend... They're very concerned. A resurgent America is very offensive to the likes of CBS News and other liberals within the sound of my voice. That's going to do it, everybody, for the Chris Salcedo Show. I want you to remember, folks, a society's worth, meaning its value, isn't measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. Hump day tomorrow. Brady, Congressman Brady, Ways and Means, will visit on the show. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network.